Today on our show, we're counting down the 10 most uplifting, newsworthy moments of 2022. <laughs> Hit it, Paul. When I nodded at you, it didn't mean sing with the song. Oh, sorry, cunt. It meant open the show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 409 of the Countdown Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Wayne. And my name is Paul. Welcome to the podcast. We count down stuff in order of awesomeness. And today, our last look back at 2022. We promise after this, it's in the rearview mirror. We're moving on. But we thought we did the dumbest moments, i.e. the stupidest moments of 2022 a few weeks back. Show went down well. So we thought, well, let's do the ying to that yang or the yang to that ying. Let's mm. do the uplifting good moments. And we discovered something, didn't we, Wayne? <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> we discovered it's fucking hard to be funny about uplifting shit. That's right. It's like, it's because, like, what do you do? If it's good news stories, that's fine. But is that inherently hokey? Or do I just pick moments that uplifted me, but also were in the public eye? Yeah. You know? So, it's a bit of both is the answer. Well, yeah, I've got a couple of personal ones that burnt me last time around, but that's okay, because that's what that's we're okay. doing here. That's how this show goes. But we've also got some, I've got some important ones, which, as, as I said, just can't be funny about. Not going to try. Mine goes like that. It's like frivolous to start with but then eventually quite meaningful okay alright that's our show we've got lined up for you but we're going to kick it off with a segment which has disappeared for a while but it's coming back today it's called The Recount Who wants a recount? Who? 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 Who wants a recount? Who? 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 Who wants a recount? Who? 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 Who wants a recount? What pray tell did the internet say this week Paul? Well, as everyone knows, we're a bit behind the yards here. We're going back to the worst 10 films of 2022, episode 406, to find out who had the superior list of crap films from last year. It was a close one, Wayne. 45 votes recorded, 23 votes to the winner. Me! Well done. 22. <laughs> <laughs> it might have sounded like he said well done, but the look of contempt on his face. <laughs> 22 votes to you. Uh, your cousin Ash Braff said, Thanks to you guys, I missed nearly all the shite house films last year. And this week, definitely agree with Wayne regarding Thor being fucking disappointing. Yeah, what a miss after Ragnarok. Mina Harko, patron of the show, aka Dan, also said, I'm voting Wayne because Halloween Ends was the best in the trilogy. <laughs> <sighs> awesome. That was worth it for the Paul's look just there. <laughs> Stu for the Stu World Order podcast. Paul wins just for agreeing with me that in Pop 10 about Pearl being garbage. Woo! That one's going to come back to haunt me uh, in the best of list, Stu, just saying. Mary Clement Hill said, you guys made it too hard to vote. So hard to vote sometimes. Both lists had flat out time-sucking pieces of garbage. Good mm. job, both of you. Pisses me off when those assholes waste our time with too many crappy butt-buster so-called movies. Yet another great pod, which was lovely. Yeah, Thank nice you for work. that. Troy Spinner, who puts the list together every week, said, uh, well, I can't vote Paul this week because I haven't seen a lot of movies on his list. Sure, Troy. Sure. <laughs> Mostly because I already know horror movies generally suck and see well clear. He'll learn one day, I swear. <laughs> well done there, Troy. Erica San Pedro said, I thought I was anyone that liked Russell Crowe in Thor. I'm with Wayne. Horror sucks. <laughs> nice. There's a few of my peeps out there. David Power, Patrick Extraordinaire, said, Wayne didn't have Moonfall. Wayne's list is incorrect. <laughs> and last two, Dawson Smith said, hard to choose because neither of you had Uncharted on your list. <laughs> Yeah, yeah wasn't look, good. Look, wasn't good. Yeah. Early in the year, that was in my list. I didn't wasn't. mind it, but yeah, okay. And Joel Zabra said, Paul, for his extremely valid thoughts on Halloween end. Thank you, Joel. <laughs> That's it for this week's recap. Let's get into it then. The top 10 uplifting moments of 2022.
the top 10 uplifting moments of 2020 is the subject of this week's countdown, Wayne. I don't know where you went for your list. <laughs> this is going to be a shit show. Just so I, you know. I typed I'm uplifting 2020 news stories into Google and then spent about three hours trolling through them. I did similarly and then went a slightly different way on a few of these. For example, would you want to join us? Take it away. Take us away. All right, everyone. So I recently downloaded the tick of the talk, okay? And I know it's uh, the Chinese authorities now have every detail on my phone. Whatever. I did it for my art business. Does that mean hmm. that there are many, many women's phone numbers now that China <laughs> can contact? Just a lot of brown cock, <laughs> cock shots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, no, ladies and gentlemen. It um, is what we thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, what in fact happened this year on TikTok, and this is stupid, but I'm stupid. There's a song that trended very heavily on TikTok. And it's not really a song, Paul, because uh, it was made up by a bunch of people. Okay. It was started by... Do you know who Louis Thoreau is, Paul? Yeah, I do. Okay. So Louis Thoreau is this dude, and he did a show called we- uh, is it Weird Weekends or something. And on one of the shows, he learned to rap. And so in just one of the episodes on a throwaway thing, he's talking to a girl, and she says, can you remember some of the rap you did? And he does a rap, that, which is a silly uh, Englishman rap. My money don't jiggle jiggle. Whoa. It falls. I like to say wiggle wiggle. Well, like, while we listen to you, where can we can just hear exactly it? just play it, Paul? Just exact, play it. Exact thing. My money don't jiggle jiggle, it falls. I like to see you wiggle wiggle for sure. It makes me want to dribble dribble, you know, riding in my fear. You really have to see it. Six feet two in a comp. Okay. All right. Now, first of all, <laughs> that is actually the more produced version, which this Duke and Jones folk, who actually I just do DJ dudes. They picked up that audio, they made it into a song, they set it on TikTok. It became the eighth most played song on TikTok. I know this because I have a nine-year-old. Right, Turning okay. ten-year-old. Whereas I have no children, I came across this by chance. And so... And it's uplifted you. It has uplifted you. So which part Me. of it was uplifting for you? One was the fact that this was nothing, and then these DJs put it together, and then they actually got in touch with Louis Thoreau, who then recorded that version you heard, which is the more like uh, professional version. Okay. And then it became so big that Jason Derulo incorporated it into one of his songs, and it became a bigger even bigger song and i just love the fact that this throwaway bullshit rap that happened somewhere first of all that's the catchiest song i've heard in many years right (laughs) i can't stop when i heard it i can't stop thinking about it professional dance choreographers started putting dances together for it and celebrities started doing this particular dance to it and it was all over the place and frankly i think there was one day where i listened to it 300 times (laughs) yeah that's right Because no! it's so fun. No! It's catchy no! as shit. I absolutely loved it. So, Oh, my God. I love this song. And I love the fact that it came out like this. Like, it literally was born purely from organically from just the internet. So, I love this shit, Polly. I think I've erred <laughs> with my list. No, no. I've erred. I, but I, a guy like me would find this uplifting. You, on the other hand, Paul, would look at it and spit in disgust. And then also, you know, say... No, no, I just, I found it mildly amusing, especially when my daughter started singing the lyrics to me. Oh, see? Yeah. This, this is like the penetration of pop culture, really. Yeah. But in a way that no one expected. And I don't think anyone really earned a dime off it. Or maybe they did once they actually sold it to Jay's Rule. Surely, but, surely someone made it. But bank, for a long time, these guys, it actually bumped their career, but they don't, I don't is think they made it. related to Justin Theroux? He is the cousin of Justin ah, Theroux. Okay. They have this, their dads are brothers. Okay. Even the one's American, one's English. Yeah, okay. There you are. I thought it was unusual last name. Okay, my number 10 from... <laughs> Stupid TikTok jiggle, raises jiggle, baby. Jiggle, jiggle. to something that it's at 10 because it's only the first step, right? Uh, okay. So have you heard of the ice bucket challenge, Wayne? I have indeed. And you've seen it. Like They do a big thing about it in the AFL every year. They call it Big Freeze. Oh, I didn't know that. 
players, ex-players and celebrities don a costume of some description and slide down this big water slide into an into a pool of ice and and water. That's not the ice bucket challenge. Well, it's their equivalent thereof, and they okay. make, they raise money for motor neuron disease. But the ice bucket challenge is more specifically for a kind of motor neuron disease, right? Uh, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis (ALS). Mm-hmm. The FDA, from the money that was raised by the ice bucket challenge, Matt, Lou Gehrig's disease is the other name for it, managed to get together over 115 million dollars, and they put that into developing this drug, which went into trial called AMX0035 and it's the first real shot across maybe a step towards curing this, which is why I can say it's not harmless, but just this money that everyone's been doing, these these idiot moves that people have been doing for yeah. for years is now actually starting to pay off and to come to fruition and it might be, who knows, two, three years from now, they might actually find some kind of cure for this damn thing. That's kind of, that's valid because like, you know, there's always that internet joke about, you know, there's this surgeon waiting to save a kid's life and he's waiting for one more like on his face, you know, and obviously all those <laughs> things don't actually do that, but to actually translate it into something that charitably does actually produce results is quite a big thing. And the understanding is that this drug doesn't cure it, but it does slow it down. That's where it starts more. So yeah. I've got a couple on my list like that, a little bit like that, not yeah, that one. You know, that, there's, I've got another one that's like this too, it's a start, but it's certainly not the end. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, what are you going to do? you got to start you somewhere. you got to start somewhere and like to... to, to to think that, you know, I'm cynical, right? You may have picked this up over the years of the podcast. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> but to think that actually this money that's been raised, in, in, whether it's just in the States, 150 million, million or whatever, but it's going towards something. And it's now there's measurable change that has come from this. Here is the result of this money that people have done. Yeah, totally. That to me is amazing. Cool. Man, if this is your number 10, my whole list is going to be so laughable. <laughs> All right. Uh, you entertain, well, I'll uplift. How's that sound? <laughs> okay. Well, my number nine is, again, we're low on the list here, Paul. It's okay. frivolous. I told you. Okay. But this, I don't know what exactly it made me feel, but this doesn't happen a lot in Hollywood. And I was kind of, I don't know, happy about it. I'm talking about the Benefer wedding, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, come on. Oh, dude, listen up. Listen up. First of all, Ben Affleck and J-Lo, okay, were together. They suffered the slings and arrows of Hollywood shit, people putting shit in their ass, all kinds of stuff going on about them. Then they broke up because that's what happens in Hollywood, Paul. You break You're up with famous people, me, okay? And then what happens? You go away, uplifting, you turn into Batman. Not eye rolling. This is uplifting. He actually found her again. They came back together again after having broken up, and he's Batman. I all right? D- I, don't, <laughs> I don't believe there's anyone in your history who you want to back up with again. So. No. I don't get the uplifting nature. I absolutely do. Th- I don't, it's not so much whether I feel that, but like for, for I've heard this story from a few people. Right, only two people in my life have broken up and then, like years later, gotten back together again and remained happy. Now these people, Benefer, okay, they got together again. Are these the people that are That's in your right. life? They're, no, no, no. Okay, cool. I'm talking just, about just Benefer. Talking about Benefer. But the people that I'm talking about actually lost each other and came back together again. Okay, it's like a Justin Timberlake song. Oh, what? what someone it's, fell down a drain. They couldn't find them. No, they just broke up because one was a hoe. The point is, when we have <laughs> what? No, I'm not saying which one. Now he came back and married her, Paul. Like that means he actually means it, and he's Batman. Is so, there any chance that when he married, he walked down the corridor scene? Jiggle, jiggle. <laughs> <laughs> Had that happened, this would be number one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, uh, th- Paul, despite you always giving me shit about women and hoes, etc. Oh, p- um, 
I actually oh, I don't use that word. I actually do believe in love. And and at this level where I believe if you're famous and famous on the level where you're Batman and J Lo, <laughs> it would be so much harder to find love. And to the stage where you want to get married when it doesn't involve the publicist, though this did. And so for them to but then if they so did wait, it already wait, are you telling me that when she married Owen Wilson in that shit movie last year, that wasn't for real? <laughs> no, ass, that was a movie. <laughs> If you're talking about and Mark Anthony or whoever no, else, no, you're... no, it was a stupid joke movie called <laughs> "Marry Me with Her." Oh, okay, I didn't see it, but I did see this ball. So you see, it does mean a little something right. for me. <sighs> they right. got together again, and maybe they'll continue. What do you know? My, She's three years older than him. My highbrow probably gets lost a little bit with my number nine. To go some on. degree. After this one, it can only go. But up. it's still better because it, that mine has implications for well everyone, including us, Wayne. Dreams can come true because okay. at number nine. The UK, along with Australia and the US and Canada and New Zealand, 60 companies in the UK alone sign up for a trial of the four-day working week. Uh, This is on my list. Hey. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Please tell us all about it. So from June 2022 to now, January 2023, so it was a six-month or seven-month trial. Chris was taking out six months. Organized by four-day week global, along with think tank autonomy. And researchers at Cambridge, Oxford, and Boston College. So they're going to assess the impact of the decreased hours on productivity, employing well-being, the environment, and gender equality. And if this goes the way that they think it will, the hypotheses are all positive in every direction that you want it to be positive. It could be the beginning of the four-day work week becoming normalized. Dude, according to this study, 86% of the companies... Have you found the results already, have you? Yeah. Oh, shit, then hand over to you. They say they're planning to keep the new model. That means almost 86%, 86%, 86%, almost 9 out of 10, right? Wow. So, (laughs) I know, I'm pulling it like that. And actually, in Finland, they've already actually adopted it. Yeah, so back in Iceland. Iceland, sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hale is an overwhelming success. Results showing reduced stress, reduced risk of burnouts, and no negative impact on productivity. Imagine, and you and I have discussed this off mic. Many times. About what's the goal next for us at our coming to, not the the end, we're, we're in the second half of our working careers. What do we want to do? You've now made that move. You've accepted can, a job where you're working four days a week. Exactly, folks. Just so you know, I'm actually trying to live this dream and I'm struggling through it. Now, look, it's um, I have a four... Because you're a, not getting paid for five yeah, days. Yeah, you don't get paid for five days, but you do get your life back a bit. And now I'm trying to use that fifth day to develop my art business. Yeah. Shameless plug. Hit up WayneRuzu.com if you'd like a... WayneRuzu.com. WayneRuzu art on Instagram. Yes, or drawing of your pet or something. A couple of you have actually, thankfully, actually taken me up on bunch this. Bunch of people from the yeah, podcast. Yeah, bunch of people podcast. You guys are great. I hope you love your drawing. If you'd like one, hit me up, people. I'm doing that, and I can tell you that it is a better life. If I take a Wednesday off, people, a Wednesday... It never works more than two days in a row. That means, yeah, every Tuesday is a mini Friday, son. Break yourself. Now, look, how long will this keep going? Don't know. Hopefully forever or until I retire. But even if it doesn't... Well, when you retire, then it's not a four-day working week anymore. Yes, then it's a no day. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, I'm saying that, uh, yeah, if this becomes the mainstream thing, imagine, ladies and gentlemen, every weekend is a long weekend. Or you only work four days a week, but you get the same money. That's the, that's the, real, that's the real dream, Paul. So, you know, there's a bunch of ways of doing it, but I love that. There's much higher on my list. My wallet won't <laughs> jiggle jiggle. That's, that's right. <laughs> I mean, sadly, my money does jiggle, jiggle. 
<laughs> and not fold. But <laughs> what are you going to do? Like you got to give something, right? So that's how it is. Uh, All right, nice higher life. on your list. You're yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. What Coolio. do you got for your number eight? Now, ladies and gentlemen, in 2022, some lost species of animals returned mm. and others bounced back. You on this one? There's a list of endangered species which usually continues to grow at an alarming rate, but some creatures came back in 2022. Beavers, bisons, and pelicans were among the species identified as having bucked the trend. Uh, Mine's all for beavers coming back. I am, I am. (laughs) (laughs) And then maybe you marry them. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Okay. (laughs) There's other, and this is not just in one country, in this case, England. Other success stories, rhinos returned to Mozambique. There is a reported resurgence of fin, fin whales and the tiger. There are more tigers now in awesome. terms of that coming That's back. Awesome. So well done for you because there was about twenty-seven of these different articles. You just went, I'm gonna cram them up together. That's a good call. <laughs> I wish I'd have thought of that. <laughs> oh, well, that's what it is. By the way, this is actually formalized by something called the COP15 Global Biodiversity Deal, which uh, commits the world to halting and reversing biodiversity loss by 2030. Or it's called 30 on 30. So this is actually a deal that a lot of people have signed. Sadly, not the US, and I'm guessing not. <laughs> But but a lot of other... Oh, no, it's actually... No, the US and the Vatican are the only two... Like, so China has body. signed it. That's what it says here. I was about to make a gay giant. China, nothing, unless it's we will take over your country. But yeah. anyway. Well, they're in the shit. We see our last episode on, on the worst, stupidest <laughs> things that happened for that. So, yeah, there you go. That's uh, the lost species. Right, very nice, very nice. My number eight is uh, a smaller thing compared to wildlife coming back into the world. But I think it's a really significant and important step. There's another one, at least one more on my list like this one. Have you heard of John McFall? No. He is a Paralympic sprinter, amputee, and orthopedic doctor. And he was chosen wow. in 2022 to join the European Space Agency's astronaut class. Really? Of one of only 17 successful candidates, he now completes one year of basic training in space tech, science, and medicine at the European Astronaut Center in Germany before undertaking space station training where he and the rest of the candidates will learn how to operate station elements and transport vehicles. In other words, he's about to become the first disabled astronaut in history. Is it annoying to you, Paul, when you hear about people who are just better people than me? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> than me, yes. Us. You know, like, it's just that's amazing. If you, as an amputee, can be an astronaut, oh, shit. then surely, you know, whatever disability you've got, you can be most things. I understand there are Depends some things Depends on just, the disability. Yeah, of course. But I mean, like, you know, you can't be a surgeon if, you, if you've got a your vision impairment. But, that's encouraging at such different levels that the understanding that disability doesn't hold back people as much as it used to. Even 30 years ago, I would say, even 25 years ago in, in the tw- in the 20th, 20th century, mm, yeah, yeah. Now in the 21st century, I think it's really encouraging. And that was like a hell of like, holy fucking shit, man. Well, I think for me. Yeah. I mean, if you're already sort of born behind the eight ball and then you still nail more than like anyone who's a completely able-bodied. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know whether he lost uh, that his limb or the, whether it was whatever a situation. Yeah, born yeah. With it. Yep. yeah. But like that's uh, that's kind of impressive. Yeah. Very uplifting. Very yeah. uplifting. Nice one, brother. Uh, my number seven. Paul, do you know what a circular product is? And I don't mean Frisbees. Um, <laughs> Pizza. <laughs> okay. Circular materials, ladies no? and gentlemen. No, no, no. Well, in some ways, but not what I'm talking about. Circular, circular materials are plastics, natural fibers, metals, etc. that have been recovered from their first or prior use phase. And then they successfully get collected, sorted, and are reprocessed for the next life cycle. Recycled. It's essentially recycled, but it's a specific, specific type of practice. And it's called the circular economy. Uh, and the idea here is that you are using 
repurposing materials from other products to make new products and you don't have to iron uh, you don't have to mine fossil fuels or anything right. to do yep. it now that is an idea that has been going on for a while but in 2022 it actually went mainstream there are efforts to slow down fast fashion and do you know what the have you heard of the the retailer Selfridges? They're in the UK. They're yep, very very I've heard of them. yeah. Them and a company called John Lewis. They led the charge in the UK. They actually have started and said, and their policy is right. Again, we're just starting here, but forty five percent of all of its sales must be driven by circular products by twenty thirty. So they started it again. We are starting. They also got their the UK has also started testing. It's called a fixing factories where volunteers come in and they repair faulty items from electronics to push bikes on a pay-what-you-can-afford basis. So th these are both are in London. So London's really leading the charge on this. But the organizations behind them want to open one on every street. So this is now uh, a movement, I guess, of circular products, circular economy, which has started last year to actually become popular. Who knows what happens in five, ten years' time? Maybe you sit there and you start to release the dependence on fossil fuels or, or stuff like that. Yeah, so, I've, got, I've got some stuff about that coming back around in my list too. Very so. cool, right? Mm. So yes, there you are. Circular economy. Very impressive. Very impressive. My number seven is a bit more personal. It's a bit more sporty. In fact, a lot more sporty. I was wondering when this would turn up. Yep. There's two sports. One's on my list and this one is, if you know anything about cricket. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> Along with the vast majority of our listeners. So I'll keep this brief. Our local team here called the Perth Scorchers in what's known as the Big Bash League. Mm -hmm. It's a short form of cricket. It's only 20 overs per side. So it's all over within three, three and a half hours. Each game is done. So <laughs> Just three and three and a half hours? Wow. Pretty it's much like the a, same as a game like of football. A, it's like a viewing of Babylon. Slightly longer than a game of basketball and certainly shorter than some of the uh, NFL games that I've had the misfortune of sitting there watching the whole thing. Of. So even though NFL highlights package is wonderful. Perth Scorchers. Went on the road in twenty at the arse end of twenty twenty one because our state went into lockdown. Oh, and this yeah. little season runs from kind of the last week in the last two weeks in December through until the first week of February, and we were in lockdown the whole time. They weren't allowed back into our state. Oh, really? So they were stuck out there, and they play fourteen games traditionally, seven at home, seven away. They won the vast majority. Yeah, finished on top. Won the whole fucking thing. Unbelievable that they did this with only playing one game, the first game of the season at home. And, and, they, and they went on to win the whole fucking thing. And these are the cricketers you've been actually watching live of late. You've gone to their yeah, games, yeah. yes? Okay. We're back home. Season's regular this year, so I've been going to watch all their, all their games. And they're doing very well again. They're on top of the ladder as we speak. And if they win tomorrow, they'll finish top of the ladder and have a good chance of winning it all again. But to win it away where... They didn't get to come home for six weeks and see their families. In fact, some of the families went and joined them. That was the arrangement that was made. And when finally our border opened, they were allowed to return home. So, yeah, it's a hell of a win. And then on top of all of that, they also won our four-day competition and our domestic one-day competition, the first team in history in the first 11 years of these three comps running to do all three. So they are sweeping all before them, the Perth Scorchers and the WA cricket team. Yay. Anyone else hard? Okay. <laughs> I kept uh, it brief. Moving on. Did you? Okay, so here we go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this is this is more of a humanitarian story here. Uh, my number six. So you know the U Ukraine situation, Paul. The Heard whole of it. war. Okay. In 2022, there was a a thing that happened. The the, the UK government and we have any UK. I don't think how many UK listeners we have. It's like a percentage, a few. right? A few. There was a the Brits basically opened their home to refugees forced out of the Ukraine. Oh, that weren't the first country to do it. Was Poland? Poland did it first. Mm -hmm. Ironic. No, I'm kidding. Um, 
That was Poland, absolutely. Poland has a border with Ukraine. Yeah, you're right. So. You're right. Of course. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, look at the story that I've got. It's about the UK. But the thing is that the UK he government said checking his map. Yeah. <laughs> so you know you can say as you humanitarian more by the government, but also by the people, where they actually gave a um, an amount of money to people to say, okay, we've got these displaced refugees. Here's like you know however many pounds, three fifty pounds a month, I think per year in the first year, which is now set to increase to five hundred pounds a month. And you take in these refugees to live with you. And it's kind of great like that they would do that. I can tell it's you as, amazing. A, as a man living on my own, a selfish man living on my own, having someone live with me voluntarily, woman or not, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> as in woman with me or not, right? Because I've just, I've bugged against that thing the entire time. Oh, right, right. That's what you mean. Yeah. Okay. No, no. I, I think a random woman would be better. Um, but... <laughs> It just got nasty, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, God. Uh, but, you know, I, I personally find that very uplifting because it's like, you know, shit. You know, putting someone in your home, working them into your home when you don't know them, yes, for an amount of money, but probably not, it's probably not money driven because that's not going to cover everything. Yeah, I don't know what, how it was arranged. It's uh, quite a big thing. For the record, 9.2 million people have gone across the border into Poland as of the 15th of January 2023, the largest number being 142,000 people in one day in early March. Can you imagine, right? And you know, touch wood, hope we never have to deal with this. Imagine well, you in your we're house. We're an island. Well, but like, makes who knows? It makes it pretty hard. What if some motherfucker comes in and just evades, and then it's like all of a sudden you got to bounce from your house? Oh, Paul? Yeah, it could happen to us. But like, in terms of no one's coming here as a, as a. Oh like, no, 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 know, no, 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 no. Nine, nine million yeah. people aren't coming from anywhere. I'm talking about what if you were a refugee oh, and then you had to go oh, to a different country and then these people just said the come poor, into our the house. Poor people in like, Ukraine. Holy shit. Just, yeah. So, yeah, there it's you are. Absolutely, absolutely awful. Nice one. My number six, back around the world stage, and a report found in the middle of the year that at the current pace of wind and solar growth continues, will actually meet our clim- climate targets for 2030. Is this the world? I've, I've not seen, yeah, the world. As long as the right countries follow suit. So, we're trying to keep it to no more than 1.5 degrees Celsius, because otherwise, yep. the world's fucked, yep. right? Ember's analysis found that the 10-year average compound growth rate of solar and wind is 20%. The Netherlands, Australia, and Vietnam had the fastest growth rates, switching around 10% of the electricity demand from fossil fuels to wind and solar in the last two years. And if these trends can be replicated globally and sustained, the power sector would be on track for the 1.5 degree goal. Boom. Dude, I have an inside track on this. Okay. Um, last, late last year, or sort of mid last year, I had an interview with the sole energy provider in WA, Synergy, Synergy, right? Mm -hmm. And they offered me a job but then had to retract it. But basically, I found out in that interview that their biggest, their one like massive goal, like their whole thing is that they have to meet the emission target for that very thing you're talking about. And they said it's going to come across, it's it's just going to turn up like that, you know? And they are working hammer, hammer, hammer towards it because it's legislated. They have to do that or literally the company fails. So... It is a very big thing for the energy companies to do that. And by the way, solar power, if people have solar powers and batteries, mm-hmm. that's fucking the entire grid. Not fucking it up, but it's like... I know it does. The pricing thereof is what is, is the complexity with that. So that's the price we pay people, or rather they do. <laughs> so yeah, okay. yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Nice one. Yeah. I, I'd, you just hear doom and gloom all the time. So yeah, you want to hear some read that one. Like that. Like, hey, it's actually... It's starting to turn, and it might yet be possible. Because we thought it never would, man. Yeah. So there you are. All right. Uh, my number five is about the shorter working week. So off is you, old son. My number five is so long overdue. And, and we've got to be careful on these kind of topics because we are. I'm now entering into political range. But when 20 senators in the US from both sides, Republican yeah. and Democrat, got together and announced a breakthrough agreement on gun violence in the middle of the year, I think it was about June, early June. 
And their proposal included funding to help states implement red flag laws, billions in funding for mental health and school safety, closing the boyfriend loophole so nobody convicted of domestic abuse can ever purchase a gun. Ooh. The first ever federal law against gun trafficking, enhancing background checks for gun buyers under 21 years old and only allowing them to purchase a gun once it's completed. Is this federally? Yep. Across the, I'm pretty sure across the whole of the country. Mm-hmm. And clarifying laws around licensed gun registration to make sure all truly commercial sellers are doing background checks. So in other words, it's now required rather than just a... And that was passed into law on June 24th. Even in Florida? Well, it says here. Wow. And... It's called the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. And I'm sure all of our North American listeners are all across this. But for me, it was I didn't even know about this. good news to hear that after... Because we hear, all we hear is the news about the shootings and everything else. It's just awful. But to hear that, hey, we're doing something about it finally. It's not what we did here in Australia, which is like one mass shooting. Okay, everyone... No get one back, gets guns. Get back your fucking guns. <laughs> That's it. Sorry, you've, you've spoiled it for everyone. But it's a step. And I think it's a really important step in the right direction. Yeah, and I know the 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 arrangement and the argument between nations is so very like complex. Like it's different. We didn't have a civil war here where the government came in and just kicked down your door and took everything. That's why they have the you know, all that so yeah. we didn't have that here, so that's why we don't have the same thing. But that is a great uh, yeah, I think everyone just well, probably I would hazard a guess that most of our listeners are are for Pretty gun control. Oh for sure. Yes. For <laughs> so. sure. And again, you guys be careful of these things. It's not Saying you can't have a gun to protect yourself and saying you can't have the kind of gun that can mow down 20 people before anyone can react because you don't need that to defend yourself. No, no. Yeah, exactly. All good. My number four, ladies and gentlemen, is, uh, well, you never hear these stories. The founder of Patagonia is, a, it's a, Patagonia is actually a company. It's like a, it's like a, one of those, it's a company basically. Okay. And he gave away billions to protect the environment. Woo. So in September... Uh, his name is Yvonne Schrillard, and he's, a, <laughs> he's an 83-year-old founder of the American clothing brand Patagonia. He announced that he transferred ownership of his $3 billion company to a set of trusts and non-profits, all of it. All of the company's profits, which amount to about $100 million a year, will be used to help fight climate change. And he, this is like the ultimate mic drop from, uh, you know, and this is from a guy who's 83 years old. Wow. And he's not going to be around to necessarily enjoy the fruits of this, but perhaps that's the reason he did it. He said, this is the most gangster line I've ever heard a, a founder say, Earth is now our only shareholder. Oh, I saw this. <laughs> right? Yes. And I'm like, motherfucker, that's the shit to say right there. So, I mean. That's amazing. You know, Absolutely hear, amazing. Now, I mean, uh, I should mention also that people like uh, Ted Turner, the CNN guy, and all that, a lot of these billionaires, uh, Bill Gates and all that, they've left like 95% of their fortune to charity after they die. Um, in a move that will surely piss off their families. Wow, but and at the same time, five percent <laughs> of their fortune is enough to Billions, ensure that exactly. no one has to work again for the next several generations. So, yeah. what more do you need? That's right. So it's, uh, but I mean, this is the way. Like, if I and the one thing it teaches me is that, okay, so these presumably smartest guys on the planet, if their mandate is no, you have to give away your money. But it's, again, the Maslow hierarchy of of needs yep. says once you get to that top level, self actualization, it's pretty easy to do that, but. It's much harder when you're scrambling up that hierarchy to get your basic needs met. Well, that's the thing. I've actually heard one of them say that. So, listen, you can't help anyone until you get rich, then help everyone. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, that's That's, a nice idea if you can do it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, that's oddly uplifting, I thought. Okay. Yeah, nice. Mine before is back to the the very micro rather than macro. It's a little bit cheaty in that the the payoff of this happened technically about a week and a half ago when the Golden Globes happened. But... uh, Kei Hui Kwan's return <laughs> to the big screen. Short round. And seeing short round and data kick ass literally and professionally in everything, everywhere, all at once. 
totally was such a moment of like this guy's got it he's still got it it is he's been nominated now for best supporting actor we're recording this a couple of days before the academy awards nominated i'd be stunned if he's not nominated at least nominated for best supporting actor and then when he got up there and gave this speech, which I don't know if that you watched speech it. is absolutely a tearjerker. Yeah, it's just such a moment of oh. And his basic message was, "I thought I was done. I thought I'd peaked in my profession as a child, and I had nothing left to give." And he's talking about how he just they couldn't. Th- there was no roles for Asian Americans, and and, and he gave credit to Spielberg for casting. Yeah, they originally, know Spielberg. You put me up here. And Spielberg gave him kiss. Yeah, and he said, "But I'm here to basically say, never give up on yourself. Keep pushing." I'm just like, oh. Dude, what yeah. a message. Dude, there's um uh, a variety um actors on actors thing on YouTube where they have like him, Brendan Fraser, Colin what's it? yeah. Farrell. Farrell, yes. I think I talked about this, didn't I? Yeah. But yeah, they talk- <laughs> sorry. But anyway, they were just pushing on for that. So that's really cool. And absolutely, I think it everyone was happy to see. Seems like an absolute legend and a really nice guy who's now made it again and hopefully his career's got a, a renaissance that's bigger than John Travolta's. So let's let's I'm all for it and just that message of don't give up on yourself, even if you think you passed it, well, you know, as long as you're physically capable, don't give up. It's a, definitely a lesson I'm trying to learn right now. <laughs> uh, okay, nice one. Uh, that's a, that's a, that is definitely uplifting. Nice Thank work. you, sir. Thank you. Now, Paul, my number three. You and I are odd apologists for the film Armageddon. Odd, I'd take issue with. <laughs> we Some are supporters don't. of a brilliant film. We are. Except for called Armageddon. Exactly. Now, <laughs> no asteroid or comet is currently, for all we know, on a collision course with Earth, but... In but Charlton 20- Heston said, it's happened before. Well, yeah. It will happen again. Probably, but not in his and hopefully not our well, life. Definitely right? not his life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in 2022, DART, which is NASA, is a, is a sub- they proved that they can actually protect Earth from asteroids. <laughs> they did a test and they actually... They sent Bruce Willis up there? They didn't send Bruce Willis up there, <laughs> but what they did was they deliberately plowed the DART spacecraft into a small asteroid at 14,000 miles per hour to see if the impact could deflect its path, and it did. Hey! So that means, as long as we see it in time, ladies and gentlemen... And, and as long as it's not big enough Not to... as long as big as the world, in which case, yeah, probably fingered, but, you know, what are you going to do? They can actually do that. So if it's coming, and they don't have to do the fucking... There's no fucking, you know, animal cookies or anything. They can just fucking send the fucking thing up there <laughs> and push the damn asteroid out of the way. Wait, no animal crackers at all? No, none, <laughs> Paul, Okay. Maybe some Liv Tyler, but no animal crackers. <laughs> well, that is good news. I'm very relieved Righto. to so hear So there it. you are. My number three, then, is a moment that Joe Biden himself, the president of the United States, mm-hmm. said, I commend the US sucker for agreeing to do the right thing. I'm going to stop it now. Let's what keep the up the fight <laughs> until we close the gender pay gap in every industry. My desperate attempt to make things funny, because this is not funny. It's really important. Six years of litigation over equal pay the US Soccer Federation had between the women saying, hey, we're as big a draw, we get the same crowds, we are more successful than the men's team, yet we get paid fuck all compared to the men. Do they draw the same crowds? Apparently. Wow. They won the the Women's World Championship 2019, the US women's team. The players received $110,000 bonus for winning that World Cup. Meanwhile, the US men's team, had they won in 2018, not even the 2022 Mm -hmm. one we just had, they would have received four hundred and seven thousand dollars each. It's not a small disparity. It is kind of four times. <laughs> um, Very close to four times. So now it's all fucking equal. Well, I agree completely. If they are drawing the same crowds and the business is worth the same, then this business is take is making money off those players. Mm-hmm. What you mean? Like it's not. It's yeah. It's disparate. So wow, that is very cool. 
it is indeed. So that's a big moment, as I said, in Joe Biden acknowledges it openly and says, I hope this leads the way, then he's a Democrat, but also important. Look, again, if they draw the same crowd, if the same money is in the same industry in the same game, then absolutely. Yeah, look, I, I do tend to understand that if one side draws 15 times the crowd, well, they can't ask the same amount of money. You know? Absolutely not. And so I saw one comedian talk about the WNBA. And he said, if you get mad about that, tell me who's in the WNBA. <laughs> and no one could tell him. So it's like that. So, But yeah, absolutely. Like for like. Okay, nice. My number two, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Paul, do you ever worry about growing old and forgetting everyone? Like in getting Alzheimer's? Yeah, it crosses my mind. It's a shitty thing, right? I forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not bad no, no, it's, 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 it's a real concern. No, it's not. Uh, you're right, it is, absolutely. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, in 2022, scientists did celebrate a major breakthrough mm. in Alzheimer's research. Saw this. Much like yourself, Paul, it's not the other one. It's not the end. Yeah, which is why I had my tip. But I, I saw the same thing, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't have two of those. Right. Well, this is it. Um, so they they developed a a, a drug called lecanemab, which is designed to target and clear amyloid, which is one of the proteins that builds up in the brain uh, of people in Alzheimer's, and it's found to show like to slow the decline in the patient's memory and thinking. Now. This is a phase three tri- clinical trial, and it's a long story, but basically this is, what they say is this trial is an important step, and that is always the hardest step, because they always, now they know what exactly they need to do to develop the effective drugs, because they've got, like, a clue. So, it's exciting to think that if, you know what my most exciting thing is? I actually think that, um, this is a bit morbid, but in the future, I believe you will have the chance to, ha- to, to choose the way you go out. If you're if you're if you're sick or you're this or that whatever, you can kind of go. No, I'm just gonna. You give me a drug and I'm gonna fade out, and that's the easiest way to go. It's not legalized, but there's some groups that run around doing that. You th- yeah, exactly. So it's but I actually just I don't know. I mean, I I could really see that happen. <laughs> like you know, what I mean, like if you if it's like you're in pain, you're not having a good time. You're this yeah. you're that. You know, you want to jump ship, fine. But uh, this year means that you could be lucid all the way up till. If you want it to be. So that's what I liked about it. Alzheimer's came partially treatable in 2022. Let's hope that it becomes wholly treatable in the not too distant future. Most deaf. My number two is again a sporty, my second sporty one. I fucking hate tennis. <laughs> I just don't care about it. I'm not interested. I was never good at it. So I didn't <laughs> develop that interest at that personal level. Interesting. I don't find it entertaining to watch unless it's I an do. Australian who's really good playing. And because we've had a dearth of those in the last 15 years, give or take, yeah, with a very odd exception to that rule. And no one from Australia has won the Australian Open up until last year, this time last year, since 1978, Wayne. And enter one Ash Barty. Who, Which is a chick. Yeah, a, a female tennis player who had won Wimbledon in the preceding year in uh, July, August 2021, July, I think it is, 2021, uh-huh. and had won a whole bunch of other things and had been number one in the world for like 114 weeks, the fourth longest in history. She came in as a raging favourite and just dominated all the way through the Australian Open, dropped one game on serve all the way through until the final where she was really pushed in the second set, almost lost it. Rallied back and won it in straight sets. I don't think she dropped it. She didn't drop a set the whole way through the Australian Open. She becomes the first Australian to win it in that. And that was, I watched her finals just absolutely wrapped with what was going on because she's such a nice person. Apparently, she's a really good athlete. She's really laser focused. Of course, she's a really good athlete, but laser focused, but not a complete utter asshole yeah. like many athletes are. Still got a hard edge to her. You got to, to be that successful. But 
her same camp is the same camp she had for a long time. She wasn't constantly flicking people off when she lost a game or, or lost Probably a helps that she's not a man. <laughs> We're all cunts. But yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, you know what, Paul? I actually saw this game live. What the you mean watch on TV live? You can go to Melbourne. Sorry, yes. yes. What, but I mean, me watching sports is already a fucking yeah, event. This is this was such a thing. It united Australia. We were, everyone was behind her. And I, and I think if you are Australian, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I get it why Paul's talking about this one. If you're not, you're like, who gives a fuck? Mm. But this was such a moment. Again, thinking about this, 44 years since an Australian had won this. And then we finally broke it. The first time, at least in our memorable lifetime, where mm. this had happened. So If we got you to watch tennis when you hate it, yeah. that's akin to me watching cricket. There you go. When and, I hate it. And then three months later, or two months later, she retired from as the number one tennis player in the world. And we'll never, and at this stage, at least, we'll never play again. That's how you play it, son. It's like, holy shit. That is a gut punch at the time, but... Makes it even more special in retrospect, which is why it gets all the way to my number two. I would have swung that shit directly. Oh, I'm on the top. I retire. Blam. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Okay. All right, then. I don't think... That we, are we going to compare these ones? I'll just give you little shits. No, all right. Not, all right, if you like. I don't know. It's Go your on. call. Up to you. Okay. Number 10, Jiggle Jiggle. <laughs> number 10, number 9, Benefer. Uh, 8, The Lost Species Returns. Uh, seven, circular economy went mainstream. Six, Brits opened their home to the refugees. Five, the shorter working week finally caught on. Four, Patagonia founder gives away billions to protect the planet. Three, Armageddon. Uh, avoidance, two, avoidance, avoidance, Armageddon, okay. avoidance. Right, we can we can get rid of asteroids. Finish my mouthful there. <laughs> number two, Alzheimer's became partially fatal. And my number one. This seems maybe like a gimme, ladies and gentlemen, but. I thought and thought and thought about this. And you know what? This is the best thing kind of that for me uh, happened. So COVID. We're all sick of hearing about it because we've been hearing about it for three years. It's been up our butt. Mm -hmm. It was a pain in the ass. It fucked us all up. And I was actually working in a health insurance company when it dropped. And we were particularly involved in actually trying to take care of like all of our people and public government and shit like that. It was amazing to me that I lived through a period where the entire world had no idea what the fuck to do. Like the whole world. And it upended things, it destroyed the economy. And in 2022, I would have to say, it's while it's not over, the COVID no, thing. it's absolutely not. It's absolutely not over. I have to say, rightly or wrongly, I think I stopped worrying about it as much. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll still give you a fucking dagger look if you sneeze in public at me. <laughs> uh, or don't cover your mouth when you cough. But as a rule, I don't carry a mask on me. Um, well, that's because it's not mandated for us here anymore. No, but like I used to, like I used to, you know, just in case something. Well, I'm happened. getting on a plane shortly. I'll be wearing a mask. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I got shit tons of them, right? And but I, and I do have hand sanitizer, like always readily close at hand. So I'm not saying it's nothing. But what the World Health Organization has actually said that that we're nearing the end of a pandemic because pandemics do end. All right. You can decide what you want on there, but even China is now catching up, all right? <laughs> and now, don't get me wrong, not a moment too soon. China are fucking things up anyway, but well, that's a different discussion. Well, this is the thing. Like, I mean, like, yeah, it was all, you know. Well, I, we've got a new variant, so be careful what we put out there, I guess. Right, the so this is what I'm saying. It's not over, but maybe for the first time in probably three years, okay, I'm looking around, and don't get me wrong, Perth probably suffered the least out of a lot of places on the planet. Mm. Because of some policies, a long story. Anyway, we still got our fucking economy kind of decimated, the retail economy anyway. But now that we're in like three years from it, from something that affected everyone so heavily, it's now kind of a byline. You know, it's it, we're at a stage now where people are going, okay, it's not over, but we're, we're living with it. Okay. And China, who did this thing, the zero thing, they're finally letting it go because they, you know, they, they revolted. And now if we get a huge variant as a result of that, then we're all in trouble again. So I guess what I'm saying is you can enjoy it now, but this, we just have to be careful how 
we proceed from here and and very cautiously. Um, I, like know, I know hopeful. people have had it in the last two weeks. Sorry, I know people have had it in the last two weeks. Oh no, no it still happens, yep. and I know people who say me. I know someone who caught it yesterday, mm. but. You know, it's like... Uh, You're saying, I don't give a shit about it anymore. I can live my life. <laughs> I wouldn't say I don't give a shit about it anymore. But like, you know, even the China thing where people had demonstrated and then the government relented. Usually when people demonstrate in China, well, there's tanks yeah. shooting. <laughs> that didn't happen this time. They relented. Do you know what I mean? So it's starting to move that way. Sure. And that's why I think the in 2022, I'm like, hey, maybe it happened. Maybe. Maybe. All okay. right. Well, let's hope. Let's hope that it doesn't get worse before it gets any better. But we'll find out in due course. My 10 through 2 then, number 10, the new drug to fight the ALS. Mm-hmm. Nine, four-day work week. Eight, disabled astronaut. Seven, Perth Scorchers win <laughs> on the road. <laughs> number six, the wind and solar growth continues. We may just save the planet. Number five, gun violence amendment. Number four, Kei Kwan kicks ass in everything, everywhere, all at once. Number three, equal pay between men and women for US soccer. Number two, Ash Barty wins the Australian Open. And my number one, it's probably a little bit, you know, A and B. The B is the thing I put here. The Australian government finally said we will cut emissions by 43% there you go. by 2030. This is only after Labor got in, which is my second thing. Like, hey, <laughs> Labor's in. Finally, they agreed to do what's the right thing to save the planet. So Not... You- you fucking assholes, uh, businesses, but the planet. For the record, uh, Americans, Labour is like our Democrat, our left, yep. our left-leaning party. Yeah. So that's the Paris Agreement goals to limit global warming to well below two, preferably one and a half degrees centigrade, as described before. So Australia now are following through finally, and we're one of the last holdouts who weren't prepared to sign that agreement under the previous Liberal leader, the aforementioned prick from that episode, Scott Morrison, <laughs> who anointed himself to be the minister for everything and would have become Australia's first dictator had he not been held uh, and voted out of office. Again, Americans, ironically, our right-leaning Republican-ish party is called liberals, <laughs> where you call them liberal if they're left-leaning. So yeah, anyway. it is a bit confusing yeah, anyway. when you put it that way. That's it. That's my list. We didn't do any honorable mentions today. No, because this was hard enough. Was oh, actually, wait a minute. Do I have anything that's interesting? Anything stupid that would make it a joke? Anything that would make you laugh and say you're a bitch, Wayne? Too long. Moving on. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into your feedback on the topic at hand. It's like the week call the Pop Ten. Talk about Pop Ten. Talk about Pop Ten. This one must have been a hard topic because we didn't get as much feedback as we normally do. Timothy Williams said, Ash Barty when the Oz open at number three. Neighbours being cancelled after 30 years and brought back eight months later. Wait, it's two. back? <laughs> Is it back? I think Amazon or someone's picked it up. You're shitting me. Oh, and the number one, sorry, personal one, but I got engaged. Congratulations, oh, congratulations. Timothy. John Islander said, the return of Kei Kwan and Brendan Fraser to the movie screen at number three. Mm-hmm. Number two, Dolly Parton to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We don't deserve Dolly in this broken world. I agree. And number one, Dart and Web Telescope successes. Yeah. There you go. Josh Ragland said, the quick response by so many to help Damar Hamlin in his time of need on the football field. Not familiar with that one? No, I'm not either. There was a guy recently, I think it was this year though, who had a heart attack basically on the field after you got crunched and you got, really? I wonder if that's the same guy uh, number two Wednesday Adam's a dance very superficial but damn it doesn't make you feel good I'll have to look that up I assume you know because you have a daughter dance 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 with your hands 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 yep don't do it okay. <laughs> number one all the Ukrainian badasses that continue to fight back against the tyranny of Russia hmm. Dan okay Minahaka again said the James Webb te- telescope it was all downhill from there <laughs> Smiley Samani, cool. mate to us, said Dylan Alcott pouring, then drinking beer from his water bottle at the Aussie Open after retiring. Ultimate Aussiness. 
Number two, the Australian Labor Party winning the election after nine years of misery, hatefulness and corruption from the previous government. You can tell which way Smiley leans. I wonder which way, yes. And number one, Insight Lander siding off after a Mars adventure of awesomeness. Ah, okay. Nice. There you are. Erica San Pedro said when Clarkson was announced as, as the new coach of North Melbourne, I feel like you're trolling me there, Erica. And I'm <laughs> not happy about it. Number one, I know he gets criticised a lot, but when Kyrgios and Kokonakis winning the men's doubles championship at the Australian Open, it was a pretty good year last Australian Open for the Aussies. Okay. And Moshi at the Foo Fighters concert in Geelong when Melbourne came out of lockdown was her number one. Oh, you're in Melbourne. Yeah, you got, you got the harshest lockdown. They did in Australia. Antoine said when journalists at Sky News Australia or our equivalent of Fox News, for you not from Australia, visibly struggled on air as they realised that their years of trying to influence the election had amounted to nothing. I'm going to look that up because that's, that's, that is great. wonderful. And lastly, Chris Yeeney, another patron of the show along with Ant as well, said... Alyssa Nacken made MLB history as the first female coach on the field in a regular season game. Awesome. Baseball. Number two, Messi got his cup in the World Cup. Okay. You don't... I do not know no. what that means, though. No. <laughs> Argentina won. He's the arguably the greatest player. Oh, really? Yep. And number one, over 20,000 K was raised through live stream for the cure for oh. cancer research. Even if release, even if Reap hasn't been released as promised, we at least got Wayne doing an illusion. <laughs> Nice one. Ooh, and, uh, that's a bingo. Very generous calling that an illusion. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you for that, Chris. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today for this bit of a different episode. Next week, we are going to do our first top 10 last 10. Yes. In 2023. And it's been a long time between drinks, actually. Well over the usual amount of time. So we're going to be bringing that to you. to talk about some films that you may not have heard of that we've watched recently from worst to best. We hope you'll join us for that. Throwback to the old show with that one. And that's it from us today, right, Wayne? So tell people how to get in touch with us. You can Google The Countdown Podcast, find all our socials, hit us up at our website, thecountdownpodcast.com, or give us an email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at The Countdown PC. You can like and follow the show on Podbean, where we host, and the Facebook is giving you links in the show notes. That's it from us today. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. And this has been The Soundboard. Take it back! With your jiggle jiggle shit. What up, We'll catch you next time. I thought we should go out. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>